Yo, hey everyone, this week's voice note is a Q&A. I'm going to be answering some of your questions. I put a post out on Instagram and Twitter and Instagram stories to say I was going to do this Q&A over on the podcast. So here goes. Let me just find the questions. I have written them down. So the first one is, do you have advice for juggling multiple projects that each have a high level of importance? So this is something that I struggle with myself. I'm sure many people do. It's a great question. I think when it comes to juggling multiple projects, especially if they're all of a high level of importance, you really do have to, you know, not be selfish with your time, but just really kind of think about what is the best use of your time. Um, Also, delegation is something that I'm learning this year for the first time ever. And to be honest, I'm somebody who, you know, when you've done something yourself and you've built it yourself and you feel kind of a sense of ownership over it, it can be quite difficult to delegate tasks. Personally, I find it quite difficult to delegate tasks because you think, oh, I've got to do it my way. And what if they do it differently? And you kind of, yeah, control freak vibes. But um, I'm learning that delegation is key. You cannot do everything on your own, especially if you want to grow and expand and scale. You really do have to find people that you trust and and have really good communication to help for them to help and support you and then allow them to do that. So, yeah, delegation, delegation helps if you've got multiple projects on the go. And then the other thing I'd say is just doing one thing at a time so doing things in isolation not trying to multitask so if you allocate a certain amount of time for say for example a whole afternoon where you're working on one project just do that in isolation and really focus on that before you move on to the other thing because that I think is when you're trying to do loads of different things if you're trying to do them all at the same time none of them get 100% of your energy and 100% of your focus and it kind of just dilutes everything So that would be, yeah, my top tips for that. So the second question is, how do you allow yourself to aim big? And then she goes on to say, like, it always blows my mind, like all of the different things that you're doing. She's talking about, you know, being a brand ambassador for Adidas and podcasting, etc. So how do you allow yourself to aim big? I think there's so many, so many parts to this. I think many people, you know, have big ideas, have big ambitions, have big goals and big dreams, but they don't allow themselves to go after them because of maybe they'll say you know the circumstances or whatever but I often think it comes down to fear I think there's usually an option of like you're either uh, afraid of failing so you don't allow yourself to kind of go for the thing and get your hopes up or you're afraid of rejection of actually trying something and, and someone saying no to you or you're afraid of criticism from others you know what's this person gonna think what's that person gonna think Ultimately, it always comes down to one of those things or, 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 or partly. So I think kind of addressing each one of those and thinking about how do those things apply to me? So am I afraid of what other people think of me if I do this X, Y and Z? And let's be honest, I think we all have a certain amount of, you know, when people say, I don't care what anyone thinks. Maybe they don't. But I think depending on how self-aware you are and depending on your personality, whether you're quite sensitive, whether you're, you know, there's all these different things to think about when you think do I actually care what people think? And do I care too much about what people think? And is that holding me back? Uh, Yeah. And the other thing, as I said, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of public failure as well. I think at the moment, because we often play things out online or, you know, we, we share our ideas and our goals, maybe 
that I think then puts a pressure on us because we're like, oh, you know, if this fails, it's like a public failure. Like everyone will see that I tried to do this thing and I didn't make it or didn't achieve it. And all I would say to you in that instance is it never ever matters about the end result because you're trying and trying to do something that many people would never even dare to try. So for example, when I started this podcast, that's a perfect example because it was like, this is my idea. This is my you know project and passion and I really wanted it to be a success. And I was like, I want to encourage people and I want to talk about these topics and I want to interview these people. And you know, I want to talk about getting up early and how that's changed my life. And you know, it's got my name, it's got my face, it's got everything, the power hour, with Adrienne, you know, and I just thought I was, I had a clear idea in my mind of how it would work. And I hoped that people would like it. But at the end of the day, if they didn't, and if it was, you know, something that didn't work out or whatever, yeah, it could be seen as a public failure because, oh, weren't you doing a podcast? And what happened to that? Or, you know, but the thing is, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You have to try these things. You only get one life we're living it we're here to live it we're here to experience it we're not here to be perfect and to never make a mistake but we are here to live it and to actually try so yeah I think I hope that answers the question of how I allow myself to aim big I just think someone's gonna do it why not me and I would encourage you to say the same to yourself someone's gonna do it so why not you okay next question how do you oh so there's a couple of questions about this it says like how do you manage to you know do different projects and still be you know a, a fab mum and like a couple of other people have put things like that about you know managing childcare and how do you juggle working in London getting back for the school run you know lots of things like that so first thing I would say about that is and this is to any mothers because I have actually felt in the past if I'm honest a little bit of you know mum shaming about having a job or a career or passions alongside having a child you know people have asked before you know, kind of loaded questions about, oh, you know, who's picking up due today? Or, oh, and, you know, you kind of think, I've been on a job before, for example, with, you know, loads of men on the, the, it was on a photo shoot, male director, male shoot, male photographer. And I don't think I've ever heard a man on a job be asked like, oh, you've got kids. Like, oh, who's picking them up from school today? Or, oh, you know, people don't ask that question to men. Maybe they do. I haven't experienced that. But they'll ask women with kind of like a loaded expectation and I think that every time someone asks one of those questions they're kind of just just confirming that bias of society that tells women what they should and shouldn't do and what they should and shouldn't want and how they should and shouldn't do it so that's something that I'm yeah not a fan of and I kind of just think that you have to create whatever works for you however that looks your you know your your things like childcare or um you know, for myself, if I'm completely honest, I have a very, very supportive husband. We're a team. We both parent and he's a teacher and he's able to, you know, pick Jude up some days and take him to after school clubs. And, you know, we both parent and I don't feel like there's anything, you know, wrong with that. There's no shame in that. And I think as long as it works for you and as long as you feel happy and content with what is working for you, I think that is the most important thing because I've been guilty in the past of thinking, yeah, you know, oh, what's this person going to, think and it's made me feel bad it's made me question my own myself and then I'm like no you've always got to come back to what is your reason what's your purpose what's your intention I know what my purpose and intention is I don't have to explain it and declare it to the who the whole world or whoever feels like asking me that question on a job you know it's like you know the bigger picture you know the purpose so yeah I don't know hope that answers the question but I'd say practical advice would be things like being able to you know 
have a plan, have a structure, but then also knowing that it's not always going to work out because obviously kids, you know, things can change at the last minute and just allowing that to happen, not getting too stressed out about it. Like I'm quite happy to do things at the last minute, if I'm honest. And if things, if plans change or, you know, if Jude was ill and he had to be home from school and I had to miss meetings or miss a work thing and you know it's happened before and I've just had to say um, you know my son's ill today he's not going to be at school so I'm going to stay and work from home can we for example once I had a meeting I couldn't make it so I said can we just have a call can you call me at this time and we can talk through it instead you know just being flexible and not thinking the world's not going to end if you you know have to take um, a random day off so yeah be practical be be flexible and just just do your best. Okay, the next question, uh, last question, because I'm aware this voice note is quite a long one. So the last question, which I really liked, because I know lots of people have asked me this before, is how did you become a confident public speaker? Now, I recently heard a statistic about public speaking apparently is in like the top three fears of people, like when they're asked to list their top three fears, it was things like spiders, heights, and public speaking so it's definitely yeah it's definitely a thing for a lot of people and what I would say is that I haven't always been like a suit I've always wanted to do public speaking and I've always enjoyed it but that doesn't mean that I don't that I wasn't nervous or don't I still get nervous to be honest so I'd say when it comes to confidence around public speaking it definitely helps if you're speaking about something that you are really passionate about something that you have authority on you don't you certainly don't want to be talking and doing you know, sitting up there answering questions when you're thinking, oh, I don't really know if, you know, this is outside of my area of expertise or I'm kind of winging it or, you know, you don't want someone to kind of, yeah, I don't know, say something and then contradict yourself. I just think I always feel the most confident when I'm speaking about a topic that I completely 100% know that, yes, this is my field, you know, this is my field of expertise. I know what I'm talking about. I'm super passionate about this. And then you're always going to have lots to say as well because often people, I think that's their fear is that then there's going to be like a Q&A or there's going to be a part where they're not going to know what to say and I don't think that's ever happened to me in my life probably because I'm a chatterbox I love to talk hence this podcast so yeah I've never found myself up there thinking oh I don't know what to say but that's because as I said I talk about topics that I know also I'd say practice everything in life takes practice I don't believe that anybody was born and just you know, to do whatever they do now without practice, I just, it doesn't exist. So I would write down my talk that I was going to do. Then like I'd write the whole thing out word for word, like literally like it was a speech. Then I would write it into bullet points. So, okay, I know I'm going to talk about this, 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 and kind of in that order. And then I'd practice and I'd actually ask poor Rob, my husband, to listen to the talk and he'd sit in the living room, (laughs) I'd go through it and then he'd give me constructive criticism, which wasn't always welcome. And I'm like, why did you, I didn't ask for criticism, I didn't ask for feedback, I just want you to listen. Um, But yeah, it's good to actually get criticism and take it on board. I've learned to do that. And then, yeah, practice as well, record yourself. Um, iPhones have voice notes, you can record yourself, play it back, listen to it, which I know people don't always like that. I don't want to hear my own voice, but just listen back and think, do you say erm a lot? Or do you say like a lot? A lot of people do that. They say like this, like, you know, like, like, like. So just listen back and think, are there some verbalisms that I can take out and work on? And that'll give you more confidence when you get up there. And just say yes. Lastly, just say yes. Once you're up there, if it's something that you want to do, it doesn't mean you're not going to feel nervous. You probably are. But every time you do it, it's that kind of exposure therapy. You're going to get a little bit more confident every single time you get up there. 
Okay, that's it, guys. I really hope that you enjoyed this Q&A. Let me know if you did. Maybe I can do another one. Uh, you can send me questions on Instagram. My Instagram is at AdrienLDN for London. Or you can tweet me. It's the same, at AdrienLondon. Hope you're having an awesome week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. See ya. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.